Hello, everybody. We are back with an episode of the Red and Blue Podcast. Don't worry. We didn't forget about you. Woo! <laughs> we are here. We watch Champions League. Don't worry. Do not worry. Yeah, I explained it at the end of the last uh, Tree City Sports podcast, which, by the way, if you haven't heard it yet, uh, we're recording this on a Tuesday, and we just recorded Tree City Sports podcast on a Monday. So go ahead and check that out. At the end, of the, I told you that we had some technical difficulties, but we're back. Everything's all good now. We're ready to talk some Premier League because and some Champions League, but we obviously I think we have to talk about Champions League first, yeah. just because it's been so long and we haven't gotten a chance to discuss it and. We got to watch a game that really the first part of the game was just so such a kind of a bummer as a fan, as a neutral fan, just because there was a handball in like the what the third minute that allowed for a penalty kick. Yeah. And that made it a one-nothing game. So the rest of the game was pretty well played. And then obviously Liverpool deserved to win at the end when they had that goal to really seal it. But it just seemed like from the beginning of the game, once that happened, it just it took a lot of the wind out of Tottenham sails. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I picked Liverpool. I me and and Graham both picked Liverpool to win. Um, exactly. So I so so it's like I know he wanted Tottenham to win, but we both picked Liverpool to win because we exactly. we understood that they were the better team. I think I I definitely wanted them to win because they definitely deserved it. The historic season that they had, and after me slandering them all last summer, saying that they were going to Liverpool it up again, they did the exact opposite and literally were probably the most consistent team in the league other than Man City. So who won the league by, you know, obviously crazy margins that we've never seen before. So it's like they really did deserve to win Champions League. I'm glad they did. Um, to Graham's point, uh, the handball did kind of take some of the sail out of Tottenham's, uh, uh, the wind out of their sails to a degree. But at the same time, t- Liverpool's defense was so stout that right. whole game. They were Van Dyke really might have earned that player of the year. Might he might be the first defensive player in a while to win the Balloon Dior. That's what I'm saying. Like that, their defense was so technically sound. I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think they were going to score on them, period. That's really nice when they have those bombing fullbacks that they have along with Van Dyke in the middle. Right. And another thing that I wanted to bring up is that uh, Potch kind of, because in the last podcast we were me, I was talking about how it would be interesting to see the coaching matchup. And Potch right. kind of got out coach. Um, you know, both teams did have, you know, key players coming off of injury that they started. But I think in Harry Kane's case, who started um, that game coming off of injury, I Which think was it was weird. I think it was a mistake on Potts' yeah. part. I think I think he kind of got out coached a little bit there or kind of co- overcoached himself. Like, obviously, it's a no-brainer. Fair, they both did that because Roberto Firmino also started. Wait, but let me make my point, though, is that, like, even you know, granted, obviously, it seems like a no-brainer. Our best player, he's healthy or healthy-ish. You start him. But... You have been first of all, you've been you've been riding this wave that got you to the Champions League final without Harry Kane. Your whole offense has been, you know, they've been somewhat used to playing without him. You know what I'm saying? And when you and you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword because it's like having him out there attracts attention, but if he's not, you know, productive and other people don't get touches on the ball because you're trying to go through Harry Kane as your best player, then it kind of makes everybody else stale and it kind of stagnates your offense as opposed to when Harry Kane was out and everybody, it was flowing and everybody got the ball and Son was kind of the guy, but at certain times, you know, uh, who's on the uh, the other side? Oh, Lucas Mora. Yeah, Lucas Mora. Or he'd show up who had a fucking amazing Champions Among League. the midfielders with uh, Dele Ali and yeah. uh, 
really Christian Erickson being that that guy in the middle. Of the exactly. Stage. And they were really just gelling and flowing without Harry Kane. And I think inserting him into a Champions League kind of final kind of, you know, messed up the off rip, I think. Yeah, off rip. It kind of messed up the flow of their offense. And this isn't like the later the earlier rounds where you face somebody, you face them twice, you know what I'm saying? This is a one game. Yeah, it's a one-off. I don't There's think not even a second leg. Yeah, I don't think that that was the time to start Harry Kane. So just my second point, I think Potts kind of got out coached or overcoached himself a little there, but Liverpool definitely deserved to win, in my opinion. I mean, I think both of us agree that we probably would have just played the lineup they had played, and mm. then you would have brought Harry Kane on if, for some reason, like what happened, if it was one nothing, then you bring on Harry Kane in like the 60th minute. Imagine the roar of the fans in the crowd when Harry Kane comes on. Just the boost of adrenaline that would have given your team, as opposed to stuck, sucking it up from the start with him out on and the you floor. Get a half an hour of fresh Harry Kane against tired Liverpool defenders who've probably been guarding. The, that difficult deep offense that with Son and with Mora and with Erickson weaving and coming in and out of the And track. that is another great fucking point. Well, with Lorente, who had been performing really well. Right. Too. And that's another good point is that with him coming off of injury, it would honestly behoove you to start him against the tired starters, like in the 50th, 60th minute. And he hasn't played, and so it's perfect. Exactly. And it would be the perfect time at that point to, you know, some, pull off some of your starters, insert Harry Kane, and then, you know, roll the dice with that as opposed to just starting him and then kind of sucking. Like, so, yeah. yeah. So, and he really didn't have that much of an impact in the game either. He Mm-mm. didn't get that many touches and he really wasn't effective in creating opportunities. So. Yeah. As a striker, if you're not creating opportunities or getting opportunities, you're kind of just a negative. Yeah, exactly. Team, so so. you got to be able to do one of the two at least. And usually if you're not scoring, you're in the midfield. Right. So. <laughs> so. But... I mean, that being said, Tottenham played a good game for the most part until the very end when they had that goal. And that's just a Riggy just having an amazing, amazing Champions League like the last few games, like with these crazy plays and really making a name for himself. Mm. Making it so Liverpool probably doesn't have to buy another striker in the next window to feel like they can have guys throughout the entire season. Because they're, right. you know, they're going for what Manchester City was doing this year. They're going for the quad. Yeah, they're trying to get everything, so they want to get as, be- as many good players as possible. Yeah, I mean, clearly when you you have when this is your window and you can rack up this many points in the in the Premier League and win the Champions League, they know that this is their time. So they're going to be gunning for it next season. And and all credit to Liverpool, um, like you were saying, it's like I don't want to take anything away from them. Um, or all credit to Tottenham, excuse me, yeah. because they did play a pretty decent game, but. To, to Liverpool's credit, I never really watching the game. I never really thought that Tottenham was gonna win it. Like it never really, it never really swung in Tottenham's favor. I felt like there were moments in like 10, 15 minutes spurts where Tottenham had opportunities and they didn't take advantage. Where they were, I think there was about thirty minutes of the ninety where they were better and they didn't take advantage. And that's what you have to do in soccer sometimes is you have to just play in kind of those spurts to be able to win those games. Right. And I, I totally agree. And then just to my earlier point, that defense, it's like even when they did have those 10, 15-minute runs where they were getting some traction on offense, that defense just stopped them. Or they couldn't capitalize on the yeah, offense. They had some chances, too, that they just didn't finish either. So, so it's, like, it's not like they didn't get any shots on target and they got yeah. completely stonewalled. They were getting opportunities. They just weren't no. executing. Oh, no. I, and again, I don't, I'm not trying to take a, away from Tottenham. No, right. But, but Liverpool, but that Liverpool defense, played a really good game. That defense was was great. And I said as a Manchester City fan all year, I said this on the podcast multiple times, I said I thought that Liverpool was the best team in the world. Right. And it pains me to say that, but the fact that they won the Champions League and did so well everywhere else kind of proves my point. Manchester City is still really good and can compete with them, but... Man, Liverpool is going to be a team that, that's going to be on their neck for as long as Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp are both there. Facts. It's going to be a dogfight, and honestly, the rest of the, the teams are going to have to either 
get get better at coaching and get more intense or they're going to have to just be prepared to fight through third through six. No, and that's what it is, you know, kind of just looking forward to next year Premier League. I hate to say it, but it's kind of it's kind of a two two dog race, you know what I'm saying? And it, someone's got to do something this summer. That's what I'm saying. If you, and you know, it's it's still early. Spoiler alert, it isn't Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, right? And we'll get to that. But but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you look at the the dominance of Man City and 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 Liverpool this season and you're just if you're a, if you're a, like you said if you're a three through six team you're, you're really gonna have to improve either coaching or your your team or, yeah. or schematically what you do period to even compete with the level of greatness we're seeing so it's kind of crazy but yeah and that's from all the teams it's not like all those teams have spending money Tottenham has made it known that this next window they're probably gonna spend some money which I think Pochettino requested or else he's probably gonna pursue other opportunities mm. So I think that'll be good. So I think they could hang around because they obviously had a good team. They made it to the Champions League final and they finished third this past year. Chelsea probably not because of the transfer ban and because they lost Eden Hazard. Yeah, Chelsea's fucked. So they're just, really just they really just can't sorry just left. Oh, they're fucked. They really can't afford to sell any more players right now. They kind of have to keep who they have right now and just kind of try to maintain rel- Champions League because next year they're going to do that unless they get knocked out in the group stages. Which mm. honestly depending on how the transfer window goes, might be might benefit them to just yeah. lose in group stages and go in Europa League. Yeah. So, and then Arsenal doesn't really spend money, but at the same time, they're a good team, and they've and Emery could probably get some good signings, some good shrewd signings. They need defense. They do. <laughs> and then Manchester United could easily make it to the top three, but they're, they have their own issues they have to fix. And I think they will have a good chance at it. But like I said, other than that, all three of those, all four of those teams have big question marks, whereas yeah. we see Liverpool and Manchester City, and for the most part, Given in, unless there's injury concerns, I think there's going to be a pretty much no doubt about it. There's going to be those two teams fighting out, right? And it's uh, again, I hate to be that pessimist, but you've heard you guys have heard me say it on this podcast before. If you're not going for it, what are we? What are you doing? What are we doing right now? You know, and there's going to be a lot of middle tier, not not middle tier teams, but like teams that aren't Man City or Liverpool that are going to be looking at themselves, and it's like, can we really compete? And I, you know, it's and kind of the effect of the of a couple of dominant teams in any league in sport in professional sports. It's just kind of, it dilutes the, the, the league just because you feel like it's just going to be those teams. We've had this for the last five years in the NBA with the Warriors. We had it for, had it in the NBA also with the heat for a while on the Spurs. Right. And I'm saying this June, whatever it being very early and things can still happen, right. but you know, you're just like Graham said, like to close the gap on these, those two teams, just from what I've seen from the other teams in the league this year, like it's gonna take some crazy. So like Tottenham's probably the closest, and even they have a decent amount of work to do. Yeah, and even they have consistency issues, and we've seen we depth saw issues. in the Champions League, yeah, depth issues, consistency issues, offensive issues at times, being very sporadic. So they have their own issues to deal with too. Uh, po- coaching problems, coach wa- uh, Poch wanting more money, so issues with the front office. So they're having their own kind of issues. They're actually lucky he didn't win it because he has a buyout clause in his contract that he could have literally left for nothing after winning with Tottenham. He could have probably gotten the Juventus job, which we talked about Champions League. Now we want to talk about some of the coaching changes. Juventus, no more coach since last time we talked. Uh, Allegri, the manager, is gone. And they're replacing him with... Sorry. <laughs> of all people! <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense. He's Can like, we just... I'm sorry to interrupt. Can we just look at Chelsea's timeline from this year? Just all this shit that's happened. Antonio Conte was their manager until I think like two or three weeks before the season. Oh, or yeah. no, it was preseason. It was preseason. So he came into camp and he's like, all right, I'm still manager. And then they're like, all right, get the fuck out. And then 
they bring in Sari and they're like, all right, we're going to have this beautiful Sari ball. They buy Jorginho because he's from with Sari. He's like, all right, he's going to be the engine of the team. Jorginho had zero assists this year. He was terrible. Uh, then Sari, after a beautiful start where Chelsea looked like they were actually going to keep up with Manchester City and Liverpool, just nosedived. And Shit they, the bed. And they just completely fell apart. And then ended the season kind of decently. <laughs> but on top of that, now they have a transfer ban that is going to happen for a year. Yeah. And... Yes, now we bring it back full circle. Sorry is leaving and going back to Juventus. Yeah. And they have to find another manager. <laughs> so it's just like the roller coaster that was Chelsea this year. You kind of got a feel for him because that's a lot of shit like, to go through. Yeah, apparently ownership has sometimes been criticized, so that could be a problem. Yeah. So I really think it's not going to be a massive deal what happens just because it really just depends on if you trust the front office or not and right. the owners. So. I've heard some people say they might go after Eric Ten Hag, the Ajax manager, but he seems content in the Ajax. Although we'll see if he loses to Licht and a couple more guys. Right, right. That's what's about to see. If he's lost to Young, if he uses, loses to Licht and Zayic and like Neris, like I'd probably leave if I were you. I was just about to say, you need if you're a young coach, and uh, I think we kind of talked about this on the last podcast, but this is what happens when you do good in Champions League and you're not a major team. Your good players get poached, and if you're a coach, you better not have this hometown bias. You Fuck that. You better buy in, get your contract, and go to a big squad. I guess the big question is though, if you would if you why would you if you would want to go to Chelsea with, with given, among all that bullshit. Given all the struggles that they've had yeah. with, and along with the very flimsy management stuff like and job security issues, along with that they have a transfer ban. So you're not gonna be able to enact any bring any people for a year. Yeah. So you're basically gonna be stuck with playing the players you have. The only new guy you have is Pulisic. All I'm saying and I'm not necessarily saying that in in this case, because maybe you don't take the Chelsea job under those circumstances, I agree. But just for any other like middle t- of the team that does well in the Champions, if you're a coach, don't be afraid to leave because your your team's gonna get poached and you're gonna be looking around like, well, shit, I gotta rebuild again. Yeah. But you know, going back to um, just Chelsea, it's like, damn, <laughs> like what are you doing now? Like we both had them really low in our power rankings. Did they finish sixth? <sighs> or did they finish fifth? I don't even remember. I, mean, I think we both picked them to finish sixth, and I think they finished fifth. But we both said they were going to suck. So yeah, hey, we we were right in the end. I remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, "Oh god, they're good." Yeah. And by the end, I'm like, "All right, well, I pretty much was right." So yeah, it kind of crashed and burned. Like again, at the, I feel like at the end of the season, they kind of picked it up a little bit, but it was. Hey, Arsenal was doing well at the game of the year, and they fell back to earth because you know they can't play defense. Yeah, so it's. Just, I really want them to have a good no, season. No, just it, because I want to see some more competitiveness. It won't happen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can hope, you know. So, I mean, we have we, – that happened. So that means now that Sarri is going to Juventus where he's going to be coaching Ronaldo. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen. He's been, obviously, in Italy before. He came from Napoli last year to Chelsea. So he knows that entire area. He knows – he's going to know how to work with a lot of the players, speak the language of the country. So that's not going to be an issue. He's he knows English. the league. Yeah, he knows the league. And he's a really good tactician. Obviously, he is. Now he doesn't have Jorginho anymore. <laughs> now, definitely, he's probably like, oh, God. It's like, what did I do? Yeah, what did I get myself into? He's, I'm glad Man City didn't sign him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I remember being mad when we missed out. I'm like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Although, he probably would have worked a lot better in your system. but Well, yeah, it's just because Pep's better than... That's what I'm saying. Better fit than Chelsea is. But, you know, I digress. <laughs> but, yeah, sorry he's going to Juventus. Now he's going to have to... Figure out if he's going to sell Paolo Dybala or send him out on loan. If they're going to, who they're going to build around Ronaldo with? Yeah, because they might they might be losing some players as well. I've heard Wild Cancelo, the right back, the Brazilian, mm-hmm. is uh, 
or not Brazilian, Portuguese, he, uh, international. He is uh, potentially going to Man City along with some other teams that need right backs. He's one of the best right backs in the world, so that'd be a big get for any team. So they got to figure out that stuff this window. Sorry, you'll have some time now, which is why you do these early these early hirings and firings. Although Sarri's still technically with Chelsea, they have to figure out the contract situation because obviously you don't sign a coach for a year. There was a contract in place. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think Sarri will probably end up enjoying it a lot more than being in the Premier League. He'll be a lot more comfortable. Yeah, because it, it just kind of seemed wrong from the whole the from the jump. You know, you they look try to get another Italian manager because Conte worked out. I mean, it just if you look back on all the incidents that happened during the year, there was that one instance of the goalkeeper not wanting to come out. That was so funny. People forgot about it. So that happened. Kant, or, uh, sorry, uh, just a couple weeks before the end of the season, walking out of a training session because yeah. he was so frustrated with the players. It was just always kind of dysfunctional there from the jump. Most we never had that was probably Yeah, yeah. And not, not to mention your best play, the fact that your best player has been saying he wants to go to Real Madrid the whole fucking year. So that was looming over the team. And then now he's like, yeah, I'm going to Real Madrid. Yeah, now he's gone. So it's just, it, it's, Chelsea went through a shit year. <laughs> like, yeah, and they can't build. Yeah, and and the transfer ban on top of it. Now you can't even sign people, so it's like you're literally just fucked. And you're in the Champions next year with no signings, so you're fucked. Like I've heard, that oh. Frank Lampard actually might be. They might have to give him the job just because of the lack of candidates. Because I don't think Ten Hag is going to leave Ajax. Why would you for this year? Maybe if it's more, maybe if it's better next year, and he's has a struggles. But he, and he still gets that opportunity, maybe you'd go, but I wouldn't go this The year. only way you go is if there's some clause that they can't fire you after how shitty the first year is because you can't sign people. Because it makes no sense to take that job. Like, yeah. let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the most volatile coaching position in the Premier League right now. Would have thought it was Man U at the beginning of the season, huh? <laughs> Not anymore. You got it, Chelsea. <laughs> Where do you have, what, two and a half years? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I'd say he lasted a little bit longer. A little bit longer. <laughs> but, I mean, so that happened, and then obviously uh, – Real Madrid switching this year, Zinedine Zidane, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Manchester United with Olga Ali. They're not the champion. Are they in the Champions League? No. They're in Europa, but still. Europa. It'll be interesting to see them. So, I mean, there's some, there's a lot, been a decent amount of managers moving. Uh, but before we go, we just want to talk a little bit about the transfers, just because there was a couple really good transfers. Not so much in the Premier League, but really, we want to talk about Real Madrid's transfers because they were have had the biggest impact so far this window by far. And a lot of a lot of things floating around about them right now. So I mean, people probably, people might remember uh, Luka Jovic from the uh, Croatian national team, that team that made it to the final. It was a beast. Yeah, <laughs> that team with Mandzukic. And yeah, that team was Kovacic. That team was nasty. That team was so good. Uh, Rakitic and uh, Modric. Bro, that final was that was a beater. That final yeah. was. But anyway, Croatians make are good soccer players. Yeah, Luka Jovic was playing Eintracht Frankfurt, which is actually like a middle tier German team. Uh, they actually had a pretty good year this year. They qualified for Champions League, which is good for them. But obviously, he wants to play for a better team, and Real Madrid offered sixty million euros, and that's what got the deal done. And he's going to be another guy that they probably play instead of Benzema. Mm. So he'll probably take over as a starter now. Isn't Benzema getting old? Yeah, Benzema's getting old, and he's yeah. just not effective anymore. Jovic is in his mid twenties. Yeah. He's ready to play, and he's very quick and he can play multiple positions. He can play a little bit further up. He can play a little bit back as a false yeah. line. So he, I think he'll really excel with Real Madrid. I think Zidane will definitely be able to use him correctly. So I'm glad that there's a good manager in place for him because I think he's a talent that could really flourish with a bunch of really good players around him. I agree. I agree. That was a good signing. So that was pretty good, but they weren't done. <laughs> they had their biggest signing, which was Eden Hazard on July 1st, officially. Yeah. 
Like as soon as the transfer window opened, they're pretty much just like, yeah, he's he's signing. Yeah, he's coming. So 100 million euros to Chelsea, but they can't use that money because, like we said, transfer ban. Yeah. Uh, um. But Real Madrid replaces Gareth Bale, who's pretty much out of favor, and he might want to stay with Real Madrid, but he probably won't. He'll probably get put out on loan. I'm the man you. Yeah, man you on loan. Hey, I'll be fine with that. Uh, defense uh, defender turned striker, but um, just talking about Eden Hazard, I think that was probably that's probably the biggest signing so far. Of yeah, the- so I think you have Hazard and Jovic, and Jovic just sitting up there at the top now. Yeah, with potent- with other good wings as well. You have Vinicius Junior, mm-hmm. who really broke out last year as like a young phenom. I think he's like nineteen. Yes, yeah, already like one of the best young players in the world. Kind of like he kind of broke out, kind of like Mbappe did with Monaco. Yeah. So we could we'll see how he if he keeps performing that well. But I mean that front. That front three is going to be really nasty, along with Luke, with Luka Modric and all those different guys. Neymar. Yeah. Maybe they, <laughs> if they get Neymar, that would be absolutely – I just wanted to bring it up because all the articles I'm hearing surrounding about my boy Neymar is that he's, he's going – Between one of those two Spanish clubs. Yeah, that is, it's one of those teams, but I'm, they're leaning towards Watch Neymar. Like oh, my God. If, think, of, think of that front line with Neymar. Oh, yeah. my God, that's nastiness. And Barca has something to worry about now. Oh, that'd be nasty. Yeah, no, it's going to be amazing to see. So, I mean, I really am, am going to be enjoying watching that. But they also got another attacker, or another another attacker, another defender. Mm-hmm. They got Ferland Mendy. Uh, I don't know if he's related to Benjamin Mendy. I think he is, but I don't want to quote that. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, he's a really good uh, wing, uh, like left back, and he coming from oh, he's coming from Olympic A Leon, a team that actually beat Man City earlier this year in Champions League. I was about to say they had a pretty good show. They're really good, yeah. yeah. They were, and they got to play Barcelona, and that just kind of undid them. Yeah, like, it's Barca. You know, they made it pretty far. I think they made it to the quarters. Mm-hmm. So that's, and they're going to be, they lost him, and now he's going to Real Madrid. So Real Madrid again with another big signing. Again, your players will get poached. Just, it, it's going to happen. You have smaller teams. And they added to the defense <laughs> as well with Eder, another uh, Brazilian. Yeah. So he's a really good guy from FC Porto, which just kind of makes sense. A lot of Brazilian players go over there, Brazilian Portuguese. Uh, similar like culture. Yeah, they speak same language. Yeah, so it's just easiest for them to go to that league, and they usually can play for Porto because Brazilians produce a lot of good players. Yeah. So I mean, they get Eder going to Real Madrid, so that's another defender that they'll put out there with uh, Rafael Varane and Sergio Ramos is aging, so they needed another guy. Yeah. So Real Madrid, Zinedine Zidane said he was going to make a lot of signings, and he's not fucking lying. <laughs> he's made. Four signings so far, and obviously we know Real Madrid can make a couple more before this is over. Yeah. The financial fair play, but, you know, we'll yeah. see what happens. So, I mean, Barcelona made a couple small moves, but nothing really notable. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of just depends on what you're feeling. It's just like Real Madrid so far has by far had the best window. Nothing in the uh, Premier League has really done anything. But then we get to the German League, and we have Bayern Munich going after a former uh, World Cup hero. I know we probably remember uh, Benjamin Pavard. Mm-hmm. He played for uh, France, and he was probably, honestly, one of their best players in that tournament. So I think it was really good to see him finally complete that move. He played for Stuttgart, another German team. A lot of French players playing for German teams. So I think that'll be a good fit, and I think also it's going to be really interesting to see how Bayern Munich adjusts with a lot of the old guard finally leaving. Yeah, that's that's something that I was going to bring up when we talked about Bayern. It's just because they're kind of going through a change now where yeah. all, a lot of their older, more seasoned guys, the guys that made those Champion League runs are retiring. They're getting older. Uh, how do you see you know that going forward? I mean, I think Bayern is going to be a team that obviously was going to stay up top. I mean, Lewandowski might move soon. It kind of depends. Maybe he's just kind of had his time. Boateng is probably leaving. Matt Hummels is already 
apparently going back to Dortmund soon. Okay. So that's going to happen. So, I mean, a lot of changes are happening for Bayern. They're going to have to have a pretty important window because they also lost uh, Ariane Robin and Frank Ribery. Yeah. Because they both, their contracts both ended and they're probably both retiring. Yeah. yeah. So they are going to have to replace those. Serge Nabry, the win. And, those, and, those, and those are hard people to replace. Yeah. Like, those aren't any small, any plug and play type of people. Obviously, they weren't the same players that they were like five, six. Like four or five years ago, but they were still effective players. Very effective. And Ribery and Robin are going to be are just legends in general. So, like when I'm talking about Robin, like I'm talking about uh, Netherlands, correct? Yeah. Netherlands team, like those Netherlands teams that were nasty. I'm talking about scoring on you forty feet out. Like Robin can score. Like kind of like how Belgium is now. mm -hmm. Like when I'm talking to when I. Again, on the podcast, you guys have probably heard me when I talk about pure sports, when I'm talking about pure forwards, I'm talking about Wayne Rooney back in the day. I'm talking about David Beckham back in the day. People from, they could be 10, 10 meters away outside of the outside of the top of the box, and, and they're, they're a problem. Like, Aaron comes from that those old school types of strikers. You know, new school strikers are more finesse, more messy type. They want to get into the heat of the box. And like then Aguero. Aguero, more finesse types of guys, which are great, but I just... I grew up on that type of soccer, and Robin was really one of the one of just the best forwards for those, that type of play. Like any you you any time any he passes midfield, you better be bodying him because yeah. he's a problem. Like no, those teams were really impressive. So it's really it's really kind of just sad to see you know them some all of the you know players that I grew up on retire and kind of see their time go and see how the young guard kind of replaces them. It's it's an interesting time in soccer. Well, apparently they're still trying to go after uh, Leroy Sané. With which Mike, would be good. Which they wish. <laughs> I would never sell him. <laughs> that would be good for them, though. I'll never sell. I would never sell him, bro. He's like what twenty two, yeah. and he's like one of the best wings in the world. It's just because he plays on a team filled with a bunch of good wings. You have Bernardo Silva. You have Leroy Sané. Raheem Sterling. You have Riyad Mahrez. Like I don't want. Honestly, we don't need that many. But you know, Pep just doesn't doesn't give a fuck. To be honest, he's just there. This like sign another midfielder <laughs> though. And that's where it killed us this year. Maybe sign another defender, though. Because now, especially, we don't have Vincent Company anymore. Yeah. And we're probably going to get rid of Nicholas Otamendi. So, Man City's going to have to do some stuff as well. I know Man U's... You could be the new Arsenal. <laughs> Score on everybody, can't defend shit. <laughs> yeah, we'll actually spend money, so... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're actually apparently going after uh, Atletico Madrid's uh, center mid, Rodri. He's a 22-year-old who's more of like a trend, ten, like a tone setter, kind of like in the Fernandinho mold. Like a lot of those Brazilians. So uh, he'd be right under Fernandinho for a couple of years, which would be nice. He'd be the long-term successor. And also, like I said, Wild Cancelo might come to Man City. Yeah. I know Manchester United's looking at, like, Gareth Bale. They've looked at uh, some other big pieces as well. Yeah, I was just going to touch on Man U. Uh, it's been pretty quiet so far. Nothing too major um, that Ollie's done. Uh, just touching on it, uh, Man U, real quick. Uh, the biggest news that I've seen that's coming out of Man U's camp is that Pogba's staying. Oh, I saw something. We're we're gonna be ending this very shortly, but I have to say, they, I saw something they were gonna pay him like six hundred plus thou a week. Yeah, like thousand euros a week. Like I'd be like, no, that's you're gonna cripple your team, bro. Yeah, like I don't know. And then, and then also, he can say anything he wants to Ollie. I know it's it's kind of I don't know what Manu is doing right now, but. It's just something I read this morning. You need to sell him. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But just something that I read this morning is that he 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 could be staying with the club. So that didn't he publicly say he wants to leave? I know. This is why this is a problem. But I literally yeah. read that this morning. So 
I will definitely, you know, come back with a podcast maybe a couple weeks just with more signings, touch on it. We'll probably have some, like, bullshit, arg- uh, not argument, but something to talk about in the podcast. Yeah, like, we'll talk more, like, big picture things. Yeah, like, maybe do, like, it. top 10 teams or some shit. I or just, like, talking about, like, tactics, because Olin played soccer for a long period of time, so he knows a little bit, and then we also have watched for a long time. Yeah, so. we could go into tactics. Maybe if the Women's World Cup is interesting, we could touch on yeah, that. obviously root for the United States. They're yeah, yeah. doing really well. They're one of the favorites. So we could touch on that, maybe, but definitely stay tuned. Uh, we'll uh, be bringing you all the new podcasts and stuff. Uh, obviously join the tree city street team uh for updates on everything we do obviously tree city sports red and blue all new music it's been a dry summer so far but it just started there's new music coming ozzy's been hard at work on the on the on the mixtape biggs has a a mixtape coming so be on the lookout for that join the tree city street team uh get updates on everything we do britney slain spine her uh her blog and all of her posts uh, yeah, get Tree updates City on Gaming. everything we do. Oh, Tree City Gaming. I'm streaming like heavy right now. Every day I try to stream. Yeah, uh, it's usually 12 to 3. Yeah, usually 12 to 3. Uh, check me slash Tree, Tree City, City Gamers. Gamers. Yes. Thank you for the shout out, Graham. I appreciate it. Yes. Definitely course, check me out on stream. You see me and a kid on there soon also doing uh, Apex Legends. Also maybe a little bit of, uh, I might get back on Destiny 2. Just yeah. so they can help me out. So <laughs> Definitely be on the lookout for that and definitely check out the stream. I appreciate you guys. You guys definitely hold us down on every other part of the podcast. Transfer that over to the streams. Get that. Get the streaming up. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Red and Blue Podcast. Peace.